0: For all Friday, yeah. Pierre took the uh, bright line down to Miami. That was a that was a good report, Pierre. And um, I saw him yesterday and saw you at the uh, turtle revealing at Intercoastal Bank. The turtle trail, yeah,
1: very cool thing. So it's so unique. Like it's it's a Flagler Palm Coast kind of thing. So I think it's great to celebrate.
0: This reminds me um, one of my first radio jobs in Tampa. Was on Wdae and we had a thing called the Underground Railroad. That was like that was how it all kind of started off. Doctor Andrea Cleos, welcome.
2: Good morning. How are you? All
0: right, professional broadcaster. You and your husband Scott, one of the first radio shows here on WNZF, way back what almost fifteen years ago. At right?
2: least, yeah. He really was inspired to uh, to bring some knowledge to the community. He's great.
0: He's, he, awesome. he's a funny guy. Yes. You know? <laughs> I know it's like I listen to and Brian just started a Sunday show podcast also on Faith and Flagler. Yep,
1: nine a.m. on Sundays. But um,
0: but you guys are great because you actually do your show, which we podcast and broadcast on uh, Sunday mornings at eight thirty. Is it? Yep. You're on? Yeah. That's it. But you do it from your kitchen table,
2: yeah, or actually his office,
0: yeah, okay, in, right. in his underwear. right? <laughs> <laughs> I know he'll, he, you know, all about you guys, yeah, more than you ask for. But That's anyway, right. <laughs> it's good. It's good to have you on because you're both doctors. You're uh, in internal medicine, MD, when you work with the um, the VA hospital in Daytona, mm-hmm. and of course Scott's a radiologist with Radiology Associates. Mm-hmm. And um, but you are like you know, it's, guys are a lot more than boring doctors on the radio um, because you also have a you're the the ceo of shield of life right Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about that and then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about the time change and we're going to go to chicago here in just a little bit and talk with dr sheldon jacobson Um, who wrote an article on it's time to stop changing the time and how it affects our body clocks. And and everybody hates it for the most part. Absolutely. But you're really good with health and attitude toward life and things like that. So give a quick plug to shieldoflife.com.
2: So at Shield of Life, we do want you to become synchronized with life, Uh, not just life but sleep and exercise and nutrition and spirituality with God and with your community. And when you become in sync naturally – you actually heal, and we reverse a lot of disease. We coach people on that healthy balance, and it's so very important to know that. So our journey is to help people walk through that. So we coach, and that's what we do at Shield of Life. So we always encourage you guys to join us at Shield of Life. You can check us out at ShieldofLife.com.
0: So it's such a contrast to what I think of as a medical doctor of internal medicine, because it's like you know throw drugs and throw prescriptions at everything. But you are not.
2: That is is not what God (laughs) wanted us to do. Where did
0: your life change? He is my boss. (laughs) Yeah.
2: No, you know what happened is uh, basically when I started taking care of vets. So I I was director of education in the dean's office 27, 28 years ago. And I also started the hospitals program. And when I came to Daytona, the VA didn't want to lose me. So they said, Andrea, what do you want to do? I said, let me take care of the heart failure, liver failure, kidney failure guys and be the liaison to Gainesville. And as I was taking care of all these young men and women, Most of them were obese and they just, their cycles of life, their sleep cycles were off. Their eating cycles were off. What they were eating was wrong. None of them were moving. And when we started correcting all of that, naturally, they just, everything fell into place. So sleep is so important and and that's what we do. And that's the reason why. And
0: faith, you know, that's another thing that you throw in there that is, you know, from, you know, a medical doctor and science and all this kind of stuff. And yet there's a place for faith in with the science.
2: And you know what? If we don't honor God and life, we make a big mistake, and we took that out of schools. Kids got really messed up, and we need to put first God before anything and be gracious of what we have, and and then when we become humble, because so many people become arrogant and entitled, and they don't humble themselves, and they're always right, and I'm the one that's suffering. Well, we're all suffering in different ways, maybe not the same way. But we all need to think about our fellow man and just do the right thing and honor the body that God gave us.
1: Well, I think I think one thing that faith can do for people is to give perspective, which I think is really key to reducing stress. And I mean, stress is an obvious major health issue for you know compounds so many different things. Um, so I think you know that 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 is one way that I think it makes makes a lot of sense to to include that in in a you know in your. Physical health, also absolutely,
2: mm-hmm. absolutely, and sometimes when we can't solve things, we offer it up, and sometimes miracles happen, and sometimes people want to forget that miracles can happen, but they happen every day, and when I remind people of the things that have happened in their lives, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" So we have to be open-minded to that.
1: All right, I have I've you, you talk about that, that people aren't moving. You know, I, I read an article recently in the New York Times about like there's so many benefits that. Can happen just by even a small amount of exercise, like ten minutes, you know. And so I started to go on a one-mile jog, you know, uh, just a few times this week. But you, it, it just, it doesn't take very much. I no. mean, going for going for a walk around the block after dinner can make a really big difference, even something as small as that.
2: Yeah, and you know what's interesting is the dynamics between the liver, your gut biome, the muscle, and your brain. The, the whole interactive dynamics of that is so interplaying. And so when you exercise, not only is it sending signals to your brain, but it's building a healthier gut biome. And those bacteria in our gut are what generate our B vitamins, our K vitamins. They actually help lower the fat, utilization of fat in our liver and muscles that make those organs fatigued and not functioning well and induce inflammation, activating our immune system. And we want to keep that immune system calm and peaceful. Otherwise, we get chronic disease and chronic inflammation. Right.
0: We're going to go queue up right now. Uh, Dr. Sheldon Jacobson, kind of, he was a cool guy. We had him on uh, about a month ago on the whole thing with the AI, you know, and he, so he kind of put things into perspective for us because we've had AI for a long time. And just so suddenly it just hits the big uh, news article. And, it was in the, and we talked about, it, is it good, is it bad? And so I thought he made me feel a lot more at peace with the whole, uh, you know, artificial intelligence thing with it. But
1: I'm, I'm kind of chuckling about this because my, I drop off my two youngest kids at the bus stop. They're nine and five and we're talking about AI and they're like, Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, they they have this whole attitude about how AI is the enemy and all these things. But my, my daughter like watched some commercial for a video game and it was like, it was an AI voice. You know, they were saying this and that anyway, it's just, it's just kind of a reminder of how pervasive it is. And I'm it's, it'll be fascinating to see what happens when they're 10 years older you know they're 19 and 15 what is ai going to be doing with, I feel in their like, lives
2: i feel like it's our it's <laughs> the parallel to the industrial revolution for our generation it's going to make some big shifts that's kind
0: of what sheldon has said anyway real quick introduction here sheldon are you with us Yes, I am. Hey, great. Um, anyway, so for people that don't know Sheldon, I have your whole bio on our um, Facebook page for WNZF because it would, the show would be over by the time I read it all. But um, you are an American <laughs> educator noted for contributions that apply operations research to problems related to aviation security, public health presidential election forecasting, NCAA basketball, holds the position of founder of professor of engineering in the Department of Computer Science at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And um, a smart guy. I love talking to you because um, a lot of smart people I can't really talk to, but you're a, a good guy. So we love having you <laughs> on. <laughs>
3: So well, we, we appreciate that. We, we, we do the best we can.
0: Well, you wrote an article, and with the time change this week, I thought it'd be great to have, and I saw your name pop up with the publicist. You know, we get all these things like, hey, do you want to talk to this person or that person on the radio? And I saw your name again, I'm like, what? It? And you wrote an article saying, it's time to say goodbye to changing clocks twice a year. So take it from there about your article. Tell us what, what it's about and, and why you think it's time.
3: Well, twice a year we change our clocks, and the reality of the situation is that we have so much chaos in our lives already with technology, with artificial intelligence, that maybe we can add a little bit of simplification. And one of the easiest ways to simplify is to keep time stable throughout the year. We've been changing our clocks now for several decades. Uh, The history of it goes back to Benjamin Franklin, who thought that he would save candle wicks and candle wax by simply shifting the clocks nobody paid attention to them at the time but they did during world war 1 and then during world war 2 and the reality is it became law in 1966 although states can opt out as we know Arizona does as well as Hawaii but the fact is we live in a world where people work remotely more across different time zones time has become, in some sense, very, very fungible. And as a result of that, maybe it's time that we, in fact, end the clock changes and do something sensible. And what I've proposed is that instead of worrying about the one-hour shift twice a year, let's split the difference, 30 minutes, and that means standard time and daylight saving time both go away. We find something else, which we'll call a stable time, and we will adopt it for 12 months a year, Nobody has to worry about time changes. Uh, The two camps, uh, medical people say we should go with standard time because of our circadian rhythms, the way we react to light. Uh, On the other hand, politicians seem to be leaning towards daylight saving time, and they keep pushing it so that we have more of the year at daylight saving time. There's a bill right now proposed in the Senate by Marco Rubio who is talking about that. Uh, We now have around eight months of daylight saving time. The fact is, we're going to keep everybody unhappy if we compromise, but let's do it in a sensible way. Thirty minutes between the two.
0: I have in, in the studio a guest. She's also a talk show host, Dr. Andrea Cleos, and uh, we she um, has a uh, a program called Shield of Life. She's in um, works for the VA. She's a of So, Andrea, say hi to uh, Sheldon.
2: Hi, Sheldon. How are you? Nice to meet you on the air. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. So, as you very well spoke up, this is very unhealthy for people. You know, the circadian rhythms were studied in what is it in uh, 2017 by the Nobel Prize winners Hall and Young and Washfield, I believe, or Washburn. I can't remember his last name. Um, And basically, they discovered that it affects behavior. It affects our physical. And mental clocks. And these clocks were regulated by proteins that actually set us up on a 24 hour cycle. And when we go back, that causes so much disruption to these clocks, enhancing mental disorders, bipolar depression, anxiety, um, are nutritional. So I also work on disease reversal with nutrition and exercise and sleep. And this becomes so, so disruptive to people. So I applaud you at um, of speaking out about this because it is incredibly disruptive to the body, So to what, the brain. You know, When
0: people say, you know, all we, we're going to hear it all next week that, um, oh, my God, I can't get used to this time change and everything. Um, what is it for you, Sheldon? Um, what, what does it affect your life? You're in the central time zone over there. I mean but um, and what do you th- how does it affect you personally? and also do, what do you think should we stay with standard or um, daylight savings? Well
3: once again, this isn't a personal issue. It's not about me, it's about us. It's a we issue. It's a, it's a national issue. So what it affects me personally is kind of irrelevant. The important thing is that we have to find a compromise that everybody can get behind. And I believe that when people compromise, everybody walks away a bit unhappy. And they would walk away a bit unhappy. The, the, the doctors, the physicians who focus on the circadian rhythm, as has been pointed out, would say, it's not enough. The people who like daylight saving time will say, it's not enough. But the fact is, it gives everybody something. And it simplifies our life, and we have so much complexity in our life today. Let's do something that simplifies, not makes it more chaotic.
0: Sheldon uh, Brian McMillan, publisher of our local newspaper. My co-host has uh, something for you.
1: So this is, um, you know, probably going to be rejected immediately. But I always prefer setting a clock back. I wondered if we could just do that every time, just to have a little more sleep every every few months. What would that do to our national economy? Maybe that would be helpful.
3: Well, if we continue to set it back every year and we're never setting it forward, then the problem is that eventually, after 24 years, we're going to be back to where we started from. Plus, we're going to have day during nighttime and night during daytime. So there has to be a give and take, obviously. We can't go in one direction all the time. But if if, if someone feels, I mean, the politicians clearly are supporting daylight saving time because we have that for eight of the 12 months now right now. So, but the physician's saying no, we should go with standard time. That's why a compromise can make sense. I think it can be bipartisan. Both parties can get behind it nobody likes change. I think one of the great difficulties of the human condition is that people resist change. We we will stick with something that's awful as long as we don't have to change it. And this is an example where we're adding chaos to our life for no reason. We don't need that anymore. And time has become something that is somewhat uh, so flexible that why don't we do the right thing? And the right thing is finding that median point.
0: Talk about the history a little bit, if you would, Sheldon, because you said it started back in the, the idea was proposed by Benjamin Franklin. What and did that happen? And what was the purpose? But people always go, oh, it was for the farmers to get more. That's what everybody says. But is that true?
3: Well, the fact is what he did is he proposed an idea saying we can, in fact, adjust the clock so that we will have more daylight when people are more active. And the view was that people needed less artificial light. And that in those days, we're talking about candles. Uh, nobody paid attention to it until World War I, in fact, and it was instituted for just a few months to, once again, save energy during the war. Same thing happened during World War II. But it wasn't until, in fact, the Uniform Time Act of 1966 that it became law. But very gradually, over the years, for example, in 2006, it went from six months of each to seven months of daylight saving time and five months of standard time. Then in 2000 and, uh, and then after that, and more recently, we are now in the eight-month period, where we are having eight months of daylight saving time and four months. Of standard time, So we're creeping towards daylight saving time, which is contrary to our circadian rhythms. But nonetheless, uh, polit- politicians don't have M degrees typically. There's a few who do, it turns out. But their interest is to retain their power and to stay in office, not to necessarily do the right thing. Wouldn't and it- whatever that takes, they'll do it.
0: In the 1700s, we're, I'm trying to think, I mean, people weren't really as much on time as we are today. They didn't have really, like, a lot of people didn't have you know watches or clocks. That's why there was the town clock. You know, that was what people had to go to to really see what time it is, or am I um, underplaying the importance of time back in the 1700s?
3: Well, what really transformed the need for time standardization were trains. Because people needed to know when the trains were leaving, when they were arriving, and we needed some kind of uniformity across the country so that people would be able to, in fact, know their schedule. So t- trains really drove much hmm. of what we now understand to be times and time zones.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's
2: interesting. By changing our clocks, how would that impact international trade? And because their clocks well, are different than ours anyway, so it would just be a different set.
3: Yeah, it, w- it would be a, just a slightly d- adjustment of a half hour. My my belief is that Canada would adjust to us almost immediately because they want to be aligned province by province. Uh, Mexico would probably do something very similar. But if you're traveling to Europe and, you know, it's six hours uh, ahead of us, so, you know, what's the big deal? It's gonna, Whether it's going to be a half hour more or less is not going to change very much. And once again, I always try and think of things that are sensible and are in the best interest of the greatest number of people. Uh, and a thirty-minute shift makes sense. Brian,
1: go ahead, Brian. How would how would um, the time change? How does it impact kids at bus stops? You know, with get, getting dark and saving time with or I'm trying to I'm trying to picture in my mind. So it seems like you could probably have this figured out sooner than I would, but. Um, how does it impact kids at bus stops with being in the dark?
3: Well, right now, before we change the clock, they are in the dark. They will then, in fact, gain a half hour of sunlight. Now, does that mean that everybody will have all that light, in particular school children? Well, it really depends on where you are in the time zone. Are you on the far eastern side of a time zone, or are you on the far, furthest western side of the time zone? And that, of course, is going to be, you know, subject to your location. The other thing is that schools can, of course, adjust when they start school uh, anytime they can, and that can take care of it. But what you gain on one side in terms of light in the morning by setting our time clocks back one hour in the fall, we're losing the light that we're getting at the end of the day. So there's no free lunches. There's no free rides here. You're, you're paying the price. What we have is less light. If you're in you know a southern state like Florida, for example, uh, it doesn't affect you quite as much. If you're in a northern state like Minnesota, um, if you 're in Minneapolis, for example, if you 're in Alaska, this is tremendous impacts. Once again, people adapt to changes it doesn 't mean it 's necessarily going to be optimal for everybody. but, but people do say people,
0: people do people. say Sheldon, they do say that I hear from everybody that that 's depressing Yes. You know, and like, then, oh, it's dark. The it's, news, but it, there's the same amount of daylight, no matter what time we call it during the day for everybody. I mean, the cows don't reset there, and the horses don't reset their clocks um, along with us. So there's no difference with them. But it's interesting that how that... Psychologically, also, and it's physiological as well.
2: Yeah, it's incredibly anxious provoking, and imp- incredibly leads to depression. And people that already suffer from mental disorders, they're accelerated and exacerbated. And it doesn't just stop at mental disorders; it in- increases the risk of cardiovascular disease, obesity, diabetes, which is everything we do and see. So, it is your the argument to not adjust time and keep it consistent is from a medical standpoint, where we have so many health care dollars going, so many dollars going toward health care that really should be used as a big impact because I think a lot would be improved upon.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have uh, Congressman Michael Waltz on today coming up this afternoon. He's going to give us a call from Washington. And um, and, and Sheldon, didn't you say, it, it was this approved in the Senate and by, because I know Florida already with Rubio, they Florida already voted in the legislature. all they need is national but but there was a a, a law passed where nationally right, where it's like the standard states can't just start going willy nilly and changing their time right
3: Well, it's not in each individual state's interest to deviate from the national norms because then you have absolute chaos as people cross borders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco Rubio has put forward a bill which would make daylight saving time the standard. Uh, and once again, it has to get through Congress, and people are just split between which is better. Are we going to alienate our, our constituents, our stakeholders? That's why this 30-minute this move makes so much sense. And I certainly agree with the fact that simplification is critical. Uh, we can We will reduce automobile accidents. For the few days after we've changed the clocks, we will reduce cardiovascular events. We will have a healthier population. This is a public health decision right now, even more so, because the public health will be better.
1: Brian? Have we, has has a, the impact been studied in Arizona since they have, since they're different from everyone else? Is that, is that a good test case?
3: Well, They leave it constant right now, of course, and I'm not aware of any data that has been collected. It's a relatively small state also, and most of the population is concentrated in two areas, namely in Tucson and in Phoenix. Uh, Flagstaff also has some population, so it's fairly isolated. They have a lot of blank area. They also have a lot of area, of course, which has um, Native American uh, reservations. So as a result, you're in a situation which is somewhat different than the rest of the country, but I'm not aware of any data studies that have come out of that. And if there had been any negative information that did come out, we would all be hearing about it. The fact that we haven't heard about it is a good sign.
0: Hey, uh, nothing to do with, but it has to do with you, Sheldon. The study and the research, because you are so good at um, at d- developing and with your computer science and everything, on the TSA, the study you did for travel, that affects all of us here. Um, explain what the study was about and what the conclusion was for screenings And also dropping the fees for the TSA fees actually save money. Can you give us a quick overview on that?
3: Sure. Uh, After September eleventh we realized that the one size fits all for travelers didn't make sense, so we said, you know, we need differential screening. And the question is how do you do differential screening? So we developed models based on risk assessment and we came up with a way that you would have differential screening, which became TSA PreCheck. So we contributed to the design and really the, the knowledge base associated with PreCheck, which means that the more people who are in PreCheck, the safer the system is, the more convenient it is for travelers, and it, the easier it is for the TSA. And we've argued that bring down any barriers. If cost is a barrier, make it at no cost. Do whatever you can to make people be willing to submit themselves to the background check so they can become TSA pre-check eligible. It's a win for everybody, and it will save money over time. That's the beauty of it.
0: So we do owe you some thanks for the TSA concept, so, right? Well, uh, You're reluctant uh, uh, to take credit for that because <laughs> I, la- I said that last time you were on and you hesitated to.
3: Well, my 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 motto in life, and and what how I live my live my personal and professional life, is to think big, act bold, and help others. And anything I can do to make the world, to make the country a better place, uh, I, I I just pursue. I I have a passion for making the world better.
0: All right. Well, we love that, Sheldon. Thank you so much for uh, being on again. That's Dr. Sheldon Jacobson, the University of Illinois, up in Urbana. There, winter is on the way for you, right?
3: Oh but it's a beautiful day today it should hit 60 so we're pretty
0: happy. <coughs> All right, very good. Well, thank you. You have a great weekend and once again we appreciate you being on Free for All Friday.
3: All right. All thank right. you very
0: much. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll be back and we're going to talk more about you and the world and Brian McMillan, Dr. Andrea Klios. You can listen to her and her husband Scott, Dr. Scott Klioson. WNZF, Sundays at 8.30 with the doctors are in. We'll be back with more on Free For All Friday. It's lumpy, it's bumpy, and your driveway is dumpy. Call RD and Sons Paving. They've been paving since 1959. Driveways, walkways, stone and gravel, repairs too. They beat competitor prices. RD and Sons Paving,
4: 386-302-3406. You know what I like about people who drive Mercedes. They have an appreciation for quality. Hi, I'm Andy from Auto House of Palm Coast. If it has anything to do with Mercedes Benz, we can do it. From maintenance and basic services to major repairs. If you or somebody you know owns a Mercedes Benz, I would love for you to be my customer. I'm Andy. I'm in the Hargrove Lane Industrial Park. You'll find me, everybody else has, or call me anytime. 585 4785, Auto House Palm Coast. If somebody knocks on your door or a telemarketer's on your
0: phone, you know it's not us. Hi, folks. This is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. If you've been thinking about solar, we want you to knock on our door or call us. SolarFit's been a part of this community for over 47 years, and our customers love us. Couldn't say it if it wasn't true. Now's the time to go solar for your home or business. Give us a call at 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself
4: free with the sun's free
3: energy. A powerful and well-respected law firm in Florida is now in Palm Coast.
0: We've recovered millions and millions of dollars for our clients. I'm Josh Woolsey. Car crash, personal injury,
1: call us first.
3: Offices Jacksonville and now Palm Coast. WoolseyMorcombe.com. I really like Coastal Cloud. I'm blessed to have uh, you know, opportunities to move elsewhere, but I choose to stay with them just because of the culture, the people I work with. I believe in what Tim and Sarah have built here, the type of people they are. I believe they do what's right, so I really like the people and the
4: culture.
0: 9.36, free for all Friday. Good morning. I'm David Ayers. Dr. Andrea Cleos in the studio. Headphones okay there? She's wrestling with headphones. <laughs> I'm not sure how to make this turn back. I don't know how I did it. Brian McMillan, publisher.
1: Good morning, sir. The uh,
0: Palm Coast, Norman Beach, observer in here. And uh, you can subscribe. Get it on your driveway online line at... Uh, com. That's right. Okay. All right. That Thank
1: you. Thanks, everyone, for subscribing.
0: I signed up. I'm a subscriber now. I'm official. Thank you, David. <laughs> Andrea, talk a little bit about uh, Congressman Mike Waltz is going to be calling in from Washington live here. And uh, I love it when he calls. You can hear him, like, walking through the Capitol and, or, you know, in, uh, through the House and you hear the, all that. So we should be hearing from him. We've got some things we want to talk to him about. Um, but tell us a little bit about your uh, Shield of Life, because um, people can go to that right now, right? So just yes. go to shieldoflife.com and go ahead and fill us in on how did it get started? and
2: Well, it was as, as part of the County Medical Society, I actually was giving a lot of lectures on how to reverse disease and weight. And and it's kind of like a domino effect. When you improve your weight, a lot of other things improve. And there's not it's not rocket science, but it involves not only nutrition – But people misunderstand what is right and wrong because there's a million different ways of eating healthy. Um, But I had studied this, and now it's been 21 years, and also looked at sleep and exercise as well as spirituality because we don't give enough credit to faith and having a relationship with God, and then our community. And those were all the things that impacted my vets, and I brought it into the community, and people were just changing their lives, and they just said, Andrew, we – or, Dr. Cleos, we need you to help us. Would you be our doctor? And I didn't, it's very difficult to open your own private practice, so I ended up doing a coaching program online.
0: What the science of it, like, okay, you can scientifically tell them how to lose weight, you can say this is going to change that. How do you scientifically tell somebody to find their faith or help them find faith?
2: You know what it is, is unfortunately when people go through various religions, they leave out one specific thing is just talk to God, just have a relationship with God. It's kind of like, as I've gotten to know you, Dave, I've gotten to know the person that you are and gotten to know you better and better. That's kind of what happens with God. And he communicates with us in so many different ways. Sometimes it's in nature. Sometimes it's with friends and people you don't expect. Sometimes it's with a complete stranger. He may answer a question. Sometimes it's with your animals. Sometimes it's reading the Bible And and it's it's so powerful, and people underestimate the power of that relationship. And then you grow deeper, and you begin to see things, and you start seeing, oh, my gosh, he just began to, he answered that prayer. And it's so powerful that it's really hard to share with somebody else because everyone's experience is a little bit different, but it's so real, and it's so amazing. I mean, I help my patients see the miracles in their own lives, and many of them know it because they'll say to me, I know I wouldn't have lived in that situation. And they tell me miraculous stories that happened to them on the battlefields, And many of them just say, thank you for being willing to talk to me. You know, and I never just put it because I, I, I generally talk about a relationship with God. And I allow them to pick what journey they want to go on because it's really important for their healing when they're undergoing stress.
0: I always thought that, um, that guilt was a poor reason to uh, join a religion or you know, like, you know, because, you know, I've I've tried a whole lot of different. I say, like, I'm a generic Christian, you know, because I don't really fully, you know, believe in every specific, you know, <laughs> there's so many different, you know, tribes that have broken off from Christianity, whatever, which is good. You know, people do that and it means a lot to them. But to me, I'm just kind of a I feel comfortable being a generic overall to it and not drill down specifically to well, I don't like this. or I don't believe this, or whatever. A lot of people, they they can't. um they can't not look for something they don't believe in to say I don't believe in religion or I don't believe in God or I don't believe I, in whatever I, to it cuz I think you got to define it yourself not
2: absolutely look for
0: somebody yeah. to do it for you.
1: I think that there's this kind of feeling that that some people have that it's sort of more intellectually, you know, um justified or um you know, you're on sort of this higher ground to say, "Well, I don't I don't believe because" I don't have the evidence, you know, and I, I'm, I'm a scientist kind of thing. But, um, I think that the opposite could just as easily be said. Like it's, it's, it's sort of more, it can be more brave to say, well, I'm going to take this leap of faith and, and believe. And I just think, uh, you know, you talk about this generic, um, Christianity idea. I mean, the, the, the center of it to me, I just think about, um, the passage in Matthew chapter 11 that said, uh, Jesus says Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I think about that phrase a lot because who is not always laboring and feeling you know, heavy laden, heavy, you know, weighed down with things in the world? And in whatever way that we can, if we go to God um, – we can find a certain type of rest that we just can't get anywhere else. That's what I, that's what I believe. That's what I've experienced day after day in my life. So
2: I've actually had an interesting situations where people – Scott, um, who grew up with Judaism and Dr. Scott, he basically spends more time with me in art congregation, our church, but he said, you know, as I've studied science and I break it down more and more, there's no way this dynamic process is not created for a higher power. I mean, we depend on the sun, we depend on the plants and the animals, they depend on us. The dynamics of biochemical interactions in our bodies and in our world, I study not only the human body, the gut biome, gut-brain access, our organs, I also study the biome of the earth, because I grow my own plants and I teach people about gardening and the intricate biome and the rate of degradation of our insects, because people don't get it, the biome of the earth depends on our own gut biome and the universal biome of us taking care of the universe. We were meant to be stewards of the earth and the top stewards of the earth, and we're we're missing that. And that's where Scott says this dynamics is so profound. But with the like side, I have person that said to me one time, well, I don't want to be hoodwinked and just have faith and walk into this. What happens if I go to, I die and there's nothing there? I said, well, the flip side is what happens if you die and you said to God, well, I just didn't want to be hoodwinked. I'd at least want to go before him and say, I did my best to seek you with all my heart and do what was right.
0: Well, and a lot of people, my grandfather, he goes, well, if there is nothing, at least I won't be nagged anymore, so <laughs> go with that. Uh, <laughs> so that would be a relief, I guess, from, you know, but then then you look at all the amazing dynamics and the science and how everything is interacted, and then you look at how stupid human beings are that have so much here to, we, the, the Earth is plentiful for all of us to get along, and then you see what's going on in the Middle East and the and the Ukraine and how what destructive human beings are. It's just like uh, amazing that, um, that we can be that stupid with, with so much before us. But, but you know, it goes
2: back to, to the whole thing is that when, when does evil set in? It's because of pride. It's because of arrogance. It's because of greed. And when we take those things out of the equation and we make ourselves humble and serve each other and love each other and not judge, then we have a more perfect, loving society.
0: Hey, you know what, Brian? She would be a good guest on your show. She would be. You know, you 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 don't have to just have preachers on all the time, right? a
2: doctor. Yeah,
0: she can preach preach to the preachers. Right on. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back, and then hopefully we'll get a call from Congressman Mike Waltz up in Washington, talk about stupid and crazy people. He's right in the middle of it all. We'll be right back on Free for All Friday.
3: It's new, the Palm Coast Report, your number one source for all local news, all in one place. Palm Coast Report, local news you can trust. Truth meter verified. Follow on Facebook or online at palmcoastreport.com.
2: So you're ready to list it? We're ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at 302-0300. Visit us online at parkside-realty-group.com. That net. It's lumpy, it's
0: bumpy, and your driveway is dumpy. Call R.D. and Sons Paving. They've been paving since 1959. Driveways, walkways, stone and gravel, repairs too. They beat competitor prices. R.D. and Sons Paving, 386-302-3406. Got to go on that bright line train. Pierre's uh, uh, editorial today I thought was was pretty good. Him, He went down to Miami on it. Andrew, have you been on that yet? Or I
2: haven't. I've wanted to. I actually asked somebody who had gone on it and they said that uh, it was a lot better before COVID. So I think things will continue to improve. You know, after COVID, and more people will start getting on and using Cause it. Because
0: you've traveled to Europe, and I've heard you do your show about that. Have you gotten on the high-speed rails? Oh yes, the, I the, love where it. they go two hundred miles an They're hour. They're
2: crazy, but it's so beautiful. I mean, even though you stop, you see things slow down periodically. It's amazing. And what if... what a Benefit that would be for us in northern Florida to be able to get to southern Florida since it takes so long.
0: They're going to, that's on the, because we had asked um, the he was at our Tiger Bay Club, the, I forget his name now, sorry about that, but a head guy of the whole uh, Brightline. Um, you know, he said, hey, if there's a what about a rail stop in Flagler County? And he goes, if there's money to be picked up, we'll stop for it. Nice. <laughs> so there could be um, in Jacksonville. Definitely. Imagine being able to get on a high speed train from Jacksonville to Miami and stop in Orlando and, you know, in a few places along the line. That would just be, uh, you know, and they have um, the statistics of how many how much carbon is removed from the the air and everything. Not to make it, you know, that it would just be a. Um, You know, and and lives saved. I mean, I ninety five, as we all know, it's like a a week doesn't go by, and we just report on on Flagler County area, maybe St. Augustine, Flagler County. I get highway patrol reports all the time Mm -hmm. on ninety five that with fatalities, and and uh, so hey, the more people we can get off the road and get to place to place faster, and then just uh, Uber from the. um, And they said the train stations were just like um, palatial. Uh, I haven't. So we got to go do that, Brian. So. Sounds good. I know they want us to. They Pierre did because they, you know, they want the media to, to get on the train and go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know, it,
2: it really helps make cities smaller and makes us more connected, and it helps us to integrate more. And our cities in America are so far apart, and and we really need such. Big transportations, buses and cars, and you're driving everywhere. It would just make us more connected, so much more efficiently.
0: Well, I like can Pierre was talking, he took Luca, his son, with him, and uh, and, and and so here you are traveling at hundred miles an hour without you know traffic lights and and, and traffic back to but you're spending quality time with your family while you're. Uh, you know, traveling along and not stressed out. And so, I, anyway, so I really... play the
1: alphabet game at 200 miles an hour instead of just at 55. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever play uh, car
0: <laughs> bingo as a kid? Where, oh,
1: yeah. Look oh,
0: out yeah. the window and find a cow, you right. know? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so I hope that, um, that, that that is successful and that people, uh, you know, utilize it and make it... It's free enterprise is the other thing. So he had said that, like, if a, a, a football game, the Miami Dolphins... Uh, the game is running late into overtime or something they'll hold up the trains to get people back to Orlando or wherever they're going so they're it's not know. like a government schedule that this is this is what we're doing you know either get on it or miss it type of thing so they're very uh customer oriented and um you know so i think if you know if we can get from Jacksonville to Tampa by train and that's the the big goals of it and even to go uh west out um you know along i10 and out to the panhandle and things so um so anyway, a lot of a lot of good things on that, uh, Congressman Wake. By the way, if you just tuned in, Dr. Andrea Cleos in the studio with Brian and me, and uh, we were talking about the time change, and uh, I can tell you're dreading it. I'm just I'm I'm looking at you in the eyes, Andrea, and I go in the time change, and your whole face kind of went like, "Duh!" You don't like that, do you?
2: No, I don't. It's not healthy for our patients it's not healthy for their hearts for their for their obesity so then it wears off, the mental you get, illness and then
0: right when you get used to it we change it again so how, how does it affect someone's heart
1: exactly what do you mean by that? So it
2: induces stress and vasoconstriction so it increases blood pressure and cardiac output and strain on the heart itself and and it also increases so one of the things that happened when we started studying sleep patterns is that we found that people that weren't sleeping in a healthy pattern their heart rate and their, their increased risk for heart attacks and strokes went up. And then we started realizing there was an association also with sleep apnea that worsened the whole sleep pattern. And then that exacerbates depression, anxiety, and mental illness, predominantly bipolar disorder.
0: Mm-hmm. It's hey, a big one. Tonight, by the way, Amelia, listening, Fulmer from the uh, Flagler Auditorium. No, nope, it's not called that anymore. It's the – It's Gerald – Performing Arts Center. Fitzgerald. Okay, we'll, we'll learn it. Okay, here's Congressman Waltz calling it. Anyway, she wanted to plug that they have a free concert tonight with the Navy Jazz Commodores from DC. And uh, she said, we don't have any more tickets, but we will open to everyone at 7. Well, if you don't have any more tickets, <laughs> they want to fill the seat. Well, just go there and say, hey, Amelia, you told David Ayers to say there was a free concert tonight, so find a spot for you. So just go to... It says
1: on their website, don't worry, if you don't have a ticket, you can still hang around to see if any seats become available after the event has started. So All they right. probably are expecting that there will be some available.
0: Good. That's good, because uh, next week is Veterans Day. And um, on at the 7 alert. o'clock tonight. Okay, that's the night there. Congressman Mike Waltz, are you live from Washington this morning?
4: I am calling you from Washington, D.C., uh, about to go vote.
0: All right. Well, um, what, what's up on the – well, I have several – I like to throw words at you and let you talk. So what's, uh, what's up for <laughs> vote today?
4: Uh, we have our various appropriations bills. So we have uh, Interior, the EPA, uh, you know, we – with the whole Speaker's vote debacle, uh, we got put behind, we're trying to get ahead of the Senate uh, before uh, the Democrat-run Senate jams us with more spending. Uh, So that's what we're up to.
0: Okay. Speaker Mike Johnson, what do you think of him?
4: Uh, I have literally sat next to him uh, the last four years on the Armed Services Committee. Uh, he, He understands the threats that that face this nation right now from abroad. But then he's also on judiciary and on the weaponization of the federal government. And he understands those internal threats as well. So I think he's uh, he's just a fantastic person. He's here for the right reasons. He's a man of faith and family. And I think he's going to do a great job.
0: Good. Okay. Well, that's some po- – we're looking for positive news here today. There we go. So. There we go. Yeah.
4: Um, all right. It, okay. it was a dark – it was a dark uh, month. Oh. Uh with going through that debacle and I got to tell you that the eight who took out McCarthy really didn't have a plan and where I come from if you blow a bridge you got to have another one to cross uh but at the end of the day I'm very pleased with um with with Mike Johnson and I mean he's got a tough tough job ahead of him we're fight you know we're, we're ideologically we're fighting on three fronts uh House Democrats uh, Senate Democrats and the entire administration so it's it's a brutally tough job
0: I don't know how you could sit there through all that. I mean, I couldn't even hardly sit through watching short TV things of the whole coverage of the uh, the debacle there with uh, finding a speaker. Um, yeah. You know, gosh, I don't know. I don't know how you can do it anyway. But um, for, for those who just tuned in, we're talking with Congressman Mike Waltz. He's in Washington right now. A Green Beret, and you've been in combat defending our country, very well qualified, and your views on things. And also, you're going to be here in Flagler County next Saturday, I hear, for the uh, Veterans Parade in, in Bunnell. Is true?
4: Oh, that's right. Yeah, looking forward to it, and uh, we will bring the family down, and uh, everybody will get to meet. I've got one in college and one in diapers, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and God bless my wife. She let me name them Army. So Go Army wow. has a whole, new, uh, a whole new meaning in our house, and he'll certainly be saluting uh, all of our veterans.
0: Hey, uh, I read your tweets, and, um, and mostly, like, I don't really talk to you on this about the, about a lot of the national things, because you do a great job on Fox. Whenever I hear on Fox TV, uh, we're going to be talking with, you know, Michael Waltz. I'm like, I, I stayed it to hear what you have. You're so concise. And so, so good at um, understanding things and presenting it for us to understand. But you said on your tweet, you said that, um, you know, uh, um, if you think the pro-Hamas messaging our kids are seeing on TikTok is bad, wait till China attacks Taiwan. The app is poisoning young minds, endangering our country. I just downloaded, after I saw that, TikTok, and to see, I, I don't get, how can TikTok be poisoning our kids' minds? I, I don't get it. How, so... Explain well, because,
4: uh, because the Chinese Communist Party uh, and the mothership, which is a company called ByteDance, controls the algorithms. Uh, and what's you know, frightening is they have different algorithms for their population than they do for our population. Uh, so what you'll see is certain messages, in this case, very pro-Hamas, anti-Semitic, anti-Israel messages get boosted. Uh, and, you know, you're reaching 150 million Americans, primarily young people, uh, that get there, and we know from research, get their news not from television or radio, get their news from apps like TikTok. Uh, and so you're seeing these incredibly biased messages get boosted across the platform, uh, rather than any type of balanced reporting or factual reporting. Uh, and so what we're seeing with Hamas is just a taste of what you'll get if China decides to move on Taiwan or move against her ally, uh, Japan, or God help us, if we end up in some type of war uh, with China, you you will see people getting their news and what to think about it from TikTok.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, this morning I googled uh, Michael Waltz on TikTok just to see what would come up, and, and it is like, you know, you being interviewed by, it, it seems perfectly normal to me, being you know, So I'm like, well, gosh, what am I missing? How are they influencing me to be... Um- yeah,
4: stay on there. You have to stay on the app for a little while because what it's so good at is basically figuring out your existing... Everybody has biases and then reinforcing them and kind of taking you down these rabbit holes. Uh, so once you start clicking on certain things, that is all that will be presented before you, not any kind of countervailing view. And by the way, I'm not a good uh I'm not a good one to to Google on TikTok because uh, I've called for a ban. I think it's incredibly dangerous. We wouldn't think about it this way during the Cold War. We would not allow Soviet propaganda in a Soviet propaganda channel to be on the phones of virtually 60 to 70% of our young people. And that's essentially what we've allowed with the Chinese Communist Party. And you think Uh, that's what's so dangerous.
0: And so and you think that that this is having an effect when we see these college campuses that are pro Hamas and anti Israel that this is what we're seeing as a result of that type of
4: Oh absolutely. We've seen if you if you just I mean not to oversimplify, but the data shows you've seen a twenty X, twenty times the number of uh of pro-Hamas postings, videos, uh, you know, again, they, the, the Chinese Communist Party and the, the mothership there can just basically juice certain stories, uh, and you're seeing 20 times the number of pro-Hamas postings than you are uh, Israel. So it's, it's not balanced at all.
0: Okay. All right, here, a uh, comment on this one. Uh, you said, Israel needs American policy change, not money.
4: Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, what we're seeing, we, you know, we have this big supplemental package, uh, and it's the administration, Biden administration, put in border. They put in disaster. They put in Ukraine, uh, China, Israel. They want us to just kind of rubber stamp it. And it's over $100 billion, which, by the way, isn't paid for, uh, on top of our existing debt spending. We've fought to break that up. And this really isn't a money issue. We want to have separate debates. Uh, in the case of Israel, it's all about Iran and this administration's failed energy policy has kept the price of oil incredibly high and that has enriched the Iranian regime. Oh, by the way, the administration is also not enforcing the waivers against their oil. So they've gone for, for example, uh, from just a few hundred thousand barrels per day to over four million. They're bringing in $60 billion in the last two years, and that is going right out to fund these terrorist groups. They are flush with cash, flush with money, flush with weapons. And so even if Israel is incredibly successful in this hard, long slog in urban warfare that it will be against Hamas, Iran will just be right there to replenish them. Same with Hezbollah, same with the militias in Iraq. Uh, and you know, at the end of the day, we need a 180 on Iran. Uh, and we need to starve them of the resources. And in the last administration, that's exactly what they did. And, oh, by the way, they took out their field general. Uh, President Trump took out their field general, Soleimani, in a very targeted strike. That's how you restore strength, and that's how you restore peace uh, in the Middle East. And that's why we had just a few years ago the Abraham Accords. We were talking about a historic peace deals, not the entire world on fire.
0: The um uh, people go, oh, the, the $6 billion that was frozen that, we were, that Biden wanted to give to the Iranians said, oh, that's their money, it's not ours anyway. Did, did we give it back to them? Is it frozen? Where are we at with that?
4: Supposedly it's sitting in, and I have some a lot of questions about this, but it's sitting in a bank in Qatar, uh, and the administration is saying it's frozen. But look, money's fungible, and when the Iranians know... Uh, that they can free up $6 billion, and that eventually they'll get that money. And I think they believe uh, that they will eventually get access to that money. Then they free up $6 billion to use for its nefarious uh, support for terrorism across the region. But that that got a lot of attention. But what I'm trying to bring attention to is the $30 billion per year that they're making in oil sales that just a few years ago – they were not making because we had the maximum pressure campaign and actually enforced the sanctions. That is a much bigger pot of money for Iran to, uh, to finance terrorist groups all over the Middle East.
0: I know Biden released our, a lot of oil when the prices were high from our emergency reserves. Have we replenished those?
4: No, they have oh. not. And they're at a record low. Uh, so this is the bigger issue. And again, when I say this is about fatty, not about money. Uh, because of this administration and Biden's war on American energy, uh, where we're shutting down permitting, shutting down drilling uh, all over the United States, the international price of oil is incredibly high. Well, what countries does that make rich? Russia and Iran. Russia has invaded a neighboring country every time the price of oil has been over $100 a barrel. That's when they invaded Georgia and twice invaded Ukraine. And now you see Iran— Sending gobs of money out to its terrorist groups. We should be flooding the international market with American oil and gas, which, oh, by the way, is cleaner than those other countries from an environmental standpoint, drives the price of oil down, starves them of their coffers, and that solves the problem. But instead, our enemies are rich, and then Biden's coming to the American taxpayer and saying, we need hundreds of billions of dollars for Israel and Ukraine to fight against our enemies that we're allowing to be rich. Uh, it's it's just completely backwards and bad policy, and I'm sick and tired of this expectation that House Republicans are just going to rubber stamp it without questioning the bad policy.
0: Gosh. I, it's like, how can we be so stupid? I just don't – it's like I keep looking for some reasoning, and it's like, really?
4: <laughs> just... this, is, this is two things. This is, one, this administration's obsession with the Green New Deal, which, oh, by the way, is only making us more dependent on China – that produces all of the solar panels and wind turbines. And then number two, an appeasement approach. You know, the approach from Blinken and Biden is if we can just only get our enemies to the table, maybe we make some concessions, maybe we waive some sanctions, we give some money for hostages, then they'll sit at the table as good faith negotiators. Wrong answer. I've been dealing with this terrorist, my, these terrorists my entire career. They smell that kind of weakness. Uh, It's kind of like a bully on the schoolyard. They're going to take your lunch money today, tomorrow, and the next day and keep demanding more. They smell weakness right now, which is opportunity. And that's why you see all of them, China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, all on the march, uh, because they're going to take advantage of the United States in a weakened position.
0: You endorsed uh, Trump for president coming up again, right?
4: That's right. Absolutely.
0: What what did DeSantis say to you about that?
4: Well, we, we we didn't talk about it directly. I think DeSantis, uh, at my predecessor in the congressional seat, was a great congressman. He's been a great governor, and uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in twenty twenty eight. But I'll take four more years of President Trump and eight years of him. Uh, it's going to take that long to dig us out of this hole. But I think right now, for this moment, we need to restore strength in the in, in the White House, and we need someone that can hit the ground running. And I got to tell you. What I think so many of these others uh, that are in the primary against President Trump, the premise that they're testing is we get all the good Trump policies without a guy that led it. Uh, and I just don't find that – I just don't think that will be necessarily true. You don't get Apple without Steve Jobs. You don't get SpaceX without Elon Musk. Right? You need that disruptive figure uh, to, to drain the swamp, to disrupt Washington, the same old, same old. Uh, and uh, for case in point, you know, in Florida, we still to this day would not have the Space Force. The Pentagon didn't want to do it. They were dragging their feet. I think if anybody else had been president, we still wouldn't have it. When Trump fired the Air Force Secretary by tweet, all the generals snapped in line. And I, I, I'm utterly convinced that that's the type of approach we need, and we need our enemies around the world to fear us uh, and respect us uh, rather than feel like they could take advantage of us.
0: All right, uh, Doctor Cleos, any questions for Congressman Waltz? I
2: would like your opinion on JFK, since he has been very vocal about what's happened in healthcare, particularly, but also environmentally.
4: Well, look, environmental issues uh, are not really partisan issues in Florida uh, mm-hmm. as much, maybe as they are other places. We need, we have to have clean water clean air. It is, I mean, water and being on the water is a, is a way of life in, uh, you know, in, in Florida, as we all know, uh, from from the fishing industry to the tourism industry. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm fighting to keep uh, drilling, you know, uh, and, and wind turbines from not being right offshore. Uh, matter of fact, one of the things we're going to go vote on right now. Uh, I, I don't know if that's what you're getting at with, with JFK no, on the health at, side-
2: Yeah, I just look at him as now he's not being – he's kind of in a unique situation where he's not Republican. He's not Democratic. And he's kind of out there on his own, and he's been very vocal and very contra to a lot of issues that have come up from the Democratic mm-hmm. Party. So I just kind of thought from somebody that's already there in White House what, what your thoughts are.
4: Well, and I think he's a more tradi- – frankly, I mean, I disagree with him on a lot, but he's a more traditional liberal. Uh, he's, he's more of his um, you know, brother's uh, generation, or his uncle's generation, I should say, and uh, he doesn't buy into this progressive nonsense uh, that we're seeing take over the Democratic Party and uh, I certainly think if he mounts a, a good campaign as an independent, he's going to present uh, the, the president a lot of problems in 2024.
0: Congressman, I know we got to let you go. Brian McMillan, Palm Coast Observer, quick question. Hello, Congressman Maltz. Hey, Brian.
4: Hey. Sure. Um,
1: <clears throat> so I know that we don't have a lot of time, and this is a huge other topic to bring up, but <laughs> I-, I get stressed personally about – the the budget and the debt, and think about like my own kids and how the future is going to be with more and more of our of our money going to just pay down interest, and seems like just spiraling out of control. Um, what is something? Can you give us any hope <laughs> about that? You know, what what are we <laughs> yeah, gonna? Yeah. How, how can we do something about this um, about this spending issue?
4: Sure. And just to put a kind of a you know put it in perspective, the interest alone, just the interest payment. Uh, on our national debt, is approaching the size of our entire defense budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing is going to go right off the cliff. And everything uh, that uh, that Democrats say they hold dear, whether it's uh, Social Security, Medicaid, different types of, of assistant programs, are all going to go bankrupt in the next decade if we don't get our spending under control. And... Uh, oh, by the way, it's one of the biggest drivers of inflation that's affecting every American, particularly those on fixed income right now. I mean, when you have the average American uh, that is taking a seven to $800 hit per month uh, just from inflation alone, that they can buy that much less with a fixed income, it's a huge problem. That's why you're seeing, for example, in this uh, Israel uh, aid package, that's why you're seeing Republicans demand that it be paid for. Something else has to give. In this case, we chose the IRS, but you can go for Green New Deal spending and subsidies. Whatever it is, uh, we have to reduce somewhere else to increase another place. Uh, secondarily, we've introduced uh, with our appropriations packages the first spending increase spending decrease uh, in decades. We are doing everything we can to cut Federal government spending, but again, we are running into resistance from House Democrats, Senate Democrats, and the administration. Uh, But we are determined to be fiscally responsible in this Congress as House Republicans.
0: All right, very good. Hey, uh, thank you. I know we've uh, gone over a lot of time with you. Really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, for serving our country and still fighting for our country. This is. This is combat in Washington D.C. My God!
4: There are some days I think uh, the Army was easier. But uh, look, I'll see everybody. I'll see everybody uh, on uh, at the parade uh, on Veterans Day and celebrating our veterans is is one of the best parts of this job.
3: All
0: right, thank you, Mike. Uh, hey, be safe when you travel back here to uh, Palm Coast. Okay.
4: Will do. See you soon. Uh,
0: All right. Take care. All right, Congressman Michael Waltz, and uh, we got to run here. Final words from um, our guest co-host, Dr. Andrea Cleos.
2: Hey, guys. So, listen, remember that you can reverse disease. It's not all diseases, but a lot of them can be changed by making the right food choices. Stay away from those sodas. Make sure you're eating your healthy vegetables. Those are the king. Make sure you're sleeping on time, trying to get to bed by 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Seven to eight hours, you know, is a gold time. And uh, make sure you say your prayers and be thankful. And build your community of friends that are healthy and happy.
0: Is beer okay?
2: <laughs> On a rare occasion, it is green. <laughs> grain grain wow. can induce weight gain.
1: <laughs> anyway, Brian, final words. Thanks for getting connected to your community through The Observer, and have a great weekend. All right, everybody, take care.
0: Oh, yeah, also, tonight i got to read this here real quick. We end the regular season with a battle of the Bulldogs. DeLand Bulldogs versus FPC, carrying it live right here on WNZF tonight and with the video live TV coverage on our uh, Flagler Broadcasting YouTube page. Have a good one.
3: Serving Flagler County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235 CW Benell.